right, all right, all right. Day 115. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window uh, than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So um, today it's just two Psalms, right? So um, the reason that if you have the uh, calendar, the modified chronological calendar, and you see it's just two Psalms, um, it's because tomorrow is Psalm 119, right? And Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. So we figured, you know, it deserves its own day, right? And so to get it that way, to get the calendar uh, set up in such a way, we had to just do uh, these two Psalms uh, together today. Uh, but they're two really good ones, right? So Psalm 117 and Psalm 118. Psalm 117 is probably the shortest <laughs> chapter uh, in the Bible, right? Two verses, literally. Praise the Lord all nations glorify him all peoples for his faithful love to us is great the lord's faithfulness endures forever hallelujah so what psalm 117 is psalm 117 is like me and john often joke it's a tyler perry movie right like it's a hymn h-y-m-n right in a hymn or the praise psalms were a genre of the psalms there's a subgenre of uh, uh of the psalms psalms are actually a genre of scripture too but uh the hymns are a subgenre and it's like a Tyler Perry movie, right? So if you read the hymns in the Psalms, they all have the same structure, right? So verse one, he calls on people to praise, right? The only thing that's unique here about this one is that, uh, you know, he's not just calling on Israel to praise. He is calling on all of the nations to praise, right? So um, its scope is big, it's broad, it's wide, it's universal, right? And in the middle, right, he's going to give the reasons to praise and then he'll end with more praise so in the middle he says hey for his faithful love to us is great right the lord's faithfulness endures forever and the beautiful thing about the love of god is that the love of god as i've said before uh doesn't start and so therefore we can have confidence that it doesn't end right it doesn't start right god loved his people before the world began right it says to us that his faithful love his covenantal love is great right and the lord's faithfulness endures forever so guess what we give him glory <laughs> we give him glory because of that and the reason you and i exist is to experience the love of god and therefore glorify him because of the love we've experienced from him right these words are for all nations showing that the love of God, that 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 the covenantal love that He extended to His people in the Old Testament was meant to spread out, was meant to expand broad and wide to every uh, uh, nation, tribe, and tongue, as Revelation says. And so we see uh, foreshadowings of that with this super short Psalm, but super beautiful one as well, Psalm one seventeen. All right, so Psalm one eighteen, right? Um, <clears throat> one of uh, one of a very popular one. So Psalm 118 is this psalm that speaks of a victory for the whole of Israel. Now, remember, we said, uh, I think a few episodes ago that um, Psalm 113 and through Psalm 118 were the Hallel Psalms. Right. Hallel. Hallel is the uh, kind of Hebrew um, uh, root for praise. And they, they represent these praise psalms that were sung by Israel at the time of the Passover. Now, what was the Passover? The Passover, remember, celebrated the victory that God gave Israel when he led them out of Egypt in the Exodus. Right. So these psalms all uh, look back, if you will, at that event. So this psalm is a speaking of a victory, right, on the basis of what? The faithful love of God. So you see the faithful love theme, right, running through both of these psalms, 117 and 118. And um, 
yeah, like the victory uh, <clears throat> is because of the faithful love that God has extended before them. Now, another thing, not only was this psalm sung at Passover, it was also sung at this other festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. Other episodes, we've talked about that feast as well. But another dope thing about this psalm, fam, is that the New Testament is going to take this passage, right, and say that, no, the crowd sang this <clears throat> on Palm Sunday, the Sunday, the week before, right, the final week as Jesus is entering Jerusalem to go die for the sins of you and I. As he enters Jerusalem, the, the crowd sung this song. Right. It was as if they knew that he was going to provide this ultimate victory, this ultimate exodus for the sins of <clears throat> his people. So, um, so and many have said, too, that, that this is the king of Israel singing this psalm. So verse, verse 14 comes and I love it. It says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now, we always talk about how, you know. The scriptures been sampling other songs, other parts of scriptures, uh, like like Kanye. Way before Kanye was, was was sampling beats from other people, the scriptures were sampling other scriptures, right? They were using older texts to get their point across in a new context, right? And so this verse, verse 14, is an exact quotation from Exodus 15, right? Where the people of God are singing to him in light of their salvation, in light of what's accomplished from Egypt. Right. And so they're talking about this salvation and God saves people. Um, God, because he is God, he is a God who saves his people. That's just what he does. Verse 22, famous verse, the stone, hear this, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wondrous in our sight. This is a New Testament favorite, a text that points to Christ. And I actually uh, have a special affection for this first because it is the same cornerstone as the, yeah, is the church I go to here in the West end of Atlanta. And, um, um, just so much significance and imagery here that is dope. So the imagery that the Psalm is using is from an ancient building temple structure, right? And the cornerstone bears the weight of a building, right? It stands as the standard for orienting and leveling the building's structure. But not only that, it is the foundation Hear this and the first stone laid in building a house now we skim over this quick but the text look at the text it mentions that it's not just a stone hear this but it's the stone that the builders emphasis on the builders builders rejected now think about that in other words what the psalmist is saying the the builders are those that are in israel right this is why it fits the narrative of Jesus's life so perfectly. Why? Because he comes to his own in first in uh, John chapter one will say his own didn't even know him. Right. He was rejected by the people of Israel. Even when the, the spirit comes down at Pentecost, you know, uh, um, the apostles receive the Holy Spirit. and They go out preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Hey, this this Jesus was resurrected. Guess who they go to first? Israel. Guess who rejected it? Israel. Right. And these were the ones who were to build the house of the Lord. Right. They were to build the actual temple. First Kings eight. But they were also to build the house of the Lord in post exilic context. Right. After they came back from exile. And what's ironic about this. This rejection is the very thing that God still uses to build his house. Oh, my God. I love the God of the Bible. I love the God of the Bible. Right. And, you know, so much. So in other words, he is the one who, because of being rejected by Israel. The house of the Lord is actually built. The plan of God is still fulfilled. Now, why is this so important? Why is it so important? Because we're in book five of the Psalms. What is book five of the Psalms represents? Book five of the Psalms, fam, 
represents this post-exile context. What is what, what? What am I saying? When the Israelites came back into the land after they were exiled to Babylon and Assyria for their sin, right? This is the context that these Psalms, Psalms uh, uh, 107 to uh, the end of the book, were written in. And, you know, think of books like Ezra, Nehemiah, Chronicles, Haggai, Obadiah, Zechariah, Malachi, right? A lot of books we don't read. <laughs> um, those all represent the context of what's going on here. And the primary concerns of that post-exile community, hear this, this is important, were worship, the law, and kingship, right? And this is why, listen, worship, think about it. This is why they're rebuilding the temple. Worship was their primary one of their primary concerns. We got exiled due to our disobedience. Therefore, we need to rededicate ourselves to the law of the Lord. That's why the law was important. Kingship. We haven't forgot God's promises. Second Samuel 7, where he said a Davidic king would be on the throne and reign over us forever. Right. That's why that's important. So it is fitting that this psalm talking about the building and the build and the stone that the builders rejected. That's why it's in this context. That's why it's here in this part of the Psalms. Right. And that's why the imagery is here. The royal themes of victory. All of that's here for a reason. And we get and again, we know this stuff was fulfilled in the person and work of Christ. Why? Because the gospel writers record this psalm as Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. Mark chapter 11, Matthew chapter 21. And God, listen, God displays his faithful love even for those that sent him to the cross. Right. God's faithful covenantal love is often wrapped up in a plot twisting dramatic irony. It manifests itself in history and in our lives in ways we could never expect to drop. I want you to know that the story of Jesus Christ, his fulfillment of the Old Testament, his absolute uh, perfect life, his 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 uh, masterful teachings, his crucifixion and his resurrection is the most unique story in the history of the world. And it has changed the lives of an innumerable amount of people. And it has changed the world. It is because of the faithful love of God that that narrative exists, but also it has come to us in this ironic way where the builders rejected the cornerstone, the very stone that would build the house of God. Nothing can stop the plan of God, even when God's people have rejected his only son. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your grace today. We ask that we will be reminded of your faithful love. We pray that we will praise you because of it. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for our sins, to be the cornerstone. I pray, God, we would uh, trust in you. In all of our hearts, in Jesus.